It's time to swing into the golf world of today. I don't think I've had this much fun on a golf show. The Pro Show with Keith Stewart, sponsored by TaylorMade. Terrific voice, and you have enthusiasm. Now your host, the director of fun. Give me that guy all day. He's the best. Keith Stewart. Good afternoon, and welcome to The Pro Show. I'm your host, Keith Stewart. Thank you for tuning in to ESPN 920. It's been a fantastic first week so far of January. And if 2022 is going to continue like this, I am all in. Joining us today is a great guest I've wanted to grab for years. We'll talk to him in just after we recap round one of the Tournament of Champions. Aloha, everyone. Surf's up. And of course, now our friends, the Chili Peppers. Give it to me, Wade. Just as he said right there, I'm going to win big. 2022, it's the year winning big here on the Pro Show. We are back for more, and I couldn't be more excited. We are kicking off the year with an incredible guest. We'll get to more about him in a second there, Mr. Wade Weezer. Happy New Year, my friend. Happy New Year to you. Uh, How was your New Year's Eve? It was good. It was good. Yeah, safe? Yeah, hung out with some uh, cousins. We had a good time. Oh, nice. Stayed up very late. So, oh yeah, I was up late myself. Yes, we had some we had some neighbors over, and uh, we had a very good time. Um, my kids stayed up past midnight for the first time, which was uh, wow. which was an interesting sort of thing. Um, you know, we did a toast, and they did a little apple juice. And, we did the uh, same thing. Yeah. yeah, we had we had a really good time. We had we had a good tight crew over that night. Um, played a little Farkle and a lot of a lot of fun games leading up to New Year's. Did and, a lot of uh, VR in my house. A lot of VR. That oh, night. the kids with the VR. Got out the quest. It was. Fun. Have I told you my VR story yet? You did, but I'd like you to share it with everyone else. Oh man! Because <laughs> I sure shared your story on New Year's Eve. Oh, I tell you, I t- all right. So we'll we'll scrap where this was going. I'll tell you the okay. All right. So uh, Christmas Day, and uh, you, you know you're aware of this. My Christmas weekend kind of got shut down with um, some COVID quarantining, et cetera. Yep, yep. Not my family, but my extended yep, family. Yep. So we spent the day at home, and our our neighbors were around too. And one of my neighbors. Uh, his son got one of those, I don't know what you call it. Oculus Quest. Yes, you got it. Thank you very much. I, you know, you are exceptional at your job. My son got know? one too. <laughs> All right. So we walk in my neighbor's house and we're about ready to watch the uh, football game on Saturday afternoon there. And he's got the thing on, the VR on, right? I'm showing my age there. Right? Yep. So he's got he's got the goggles on and he's got the hand hey. gizmos. He's got the Pac-Man on. Yeah. And, and I'm like, oh, wow. What game are you playing? He says, oh, I'm playing the football game. I said, oh, man, I love football. I said, what's it like? He said, well, you're Patrick Mahomes and you're marching your team down the field. I said, man, that sounds really cool. What could and happen? he says, do you want to play, Mr. Stewart? And I said, well, you know what? Uh, is it hard to figure out? He goes, no, it's, it's pretty easy. So I'm in the middle of their living room. Right. right? Sure. And. Um, Doesn't I, seem like it though. It seems I, like you're in a field. They adjust. Well, hang on, hang on, hang on. Uh, so I I adjust the headset accordingly, and they put it on my noggin, and I get to handle things going. And they he explains to me how to hike the ball and hold it, and then you got to kind of figure out visually how to throw it in the VR world there, right? So. Um, you know, I go back to my intramural college football days right away, and I am like literally gunslinging it like my muscle man, memory. Oh, like my man John Elway, right? I am just zinging this. Well, really, you're supposed to be Patrick Mahomes. So I'm Mahomes in this thing all over the field. You know, I got Tyreek Hill on the crossing pattern, and I get down to about the 15 yard line, and I throw this sweet fade to the corner of the end zone to Travis Kelsey. I mean, how great is it to have that guy as your tight end? Sure. You know, I mean, I mean, is Mahomes even good? I mean, this guy, he was just. And, I, and it, it, it hit him right in stride in the in the back left corner of the end zone. Mm. I was so excited. So then 
it comes to the point Andy Reid wants to go for two. I'm and sure I'm your like, wife was we, very, your wife was very proud, I'm sure. Oh, well, you know, they were watching it Andy on a monitor. Andy wanted to go for two, okay. So, so here's the funny thing. They're all watching it on a monitor screen. Right. Like they had yep. it streaming on the TV of what I was doing. So they're like cheering me going on down the field. And they're like, you know, like, KJ, oh, yeah, oh, great pass. Oh, you know, hit that guy, he's open. And I'm, and I'm getting in the moment. You know, I was almost sweating a little sure. bit. And this was pre-happy hour. Just that needs to be thrown out there. All right. Wow, okay. I'm just an intense competitor is what it comes <laughs> I must, down to. I have to, to change the story the next time I tell it. All right. So, so then um, Andy Reid wants to go for two. And I'm thinking, am I, am I playing Madden? Like, right. you, you know, you never punt type of thing. I said, all right, well, we can go for two. So I checked the lineup and, you know, we have four wide or four wide, the line in me. And I look left and, you know, one guy's going to do an in, a quick slant. And then the other guy's going to kind of do a little button hook, mm-hmm. you know, to the to the short pylon. So, hike, I look left, and they're both covered, right? Now, as I'm perusing across the line, and I get to the right side, as I look for those receivers, I notice the line starts to separate in the middle. You got it up there. Right? And I'm like, man, I could get these two points myself. No lie, man. I sprint (laughs) through the gap in the offensive line. I've only got to go two and a half yards, Mm -hmm. right? Until I literally run into a wall. His living right. room wall. Because you weren't actually playing on a football field. You know, at that moment, <laughs> I finally figured that out. And I put a hole in his blue board, right? With your head? With his Oculus, my head, my elbow. Um, there was like a little bit of a bench where they, his kids put their bo- their book bags that took out my right knee, which is still killing me. It's like two and a half weeks later. Um, it was unbelievable. It, it just... Um, and then, you know, now I'm like on the floor and everyone's like clean up on aisle KJ. Did the crowd go know? wild? Oh, my God. They're all. So my wife's laughing so hard. Lori's laughing so hard that she's crying. OK. My son's laughing so hard he can't look at me because he feels he, I might like yell at him right, for right, laughing. Right, right. So he's turned around and I can just see him like his body like, hunt, you know, like kind of like moving right, up right, and down like he's yeah, laughing yeah. so hard. My neighbor's like, are you OK? And then his wife, <laughs> great line. She's like, look at the wall. <laughs> Right? Unbelievable. But wait a second. Did you make the two-point conversion or not? You know, that'll never be known. I don't know. I don't know. I, I like to think that I did. Sure. But uh, as evidenced by this story, I'm a, I'm a legend in my own mind. Now, speaking of a legend in everyone's mind, our guest today, Harry Arnett, is the CEO of a company called Municipal. And Harry is a famous marketing, brilliant businessman in the golf world. He worked for TaylorMade. He worked for Callaway. And Municipal is a clothing brand that was started by uh, Mark Wahlberg and his friend Steve Levinson. And these guys, whatever they touch turns to gold. But they recruited Harry away to be their CEO. And they started this brand during a pandemic. And they're phenomenal. Which is amazing and, during a pandemic. Oh, God. Uh, so, But Harry is one of those guys that I love to have on, kind of like Will Ahmed or, you know, these entrepreneur types that are really great leaders and great speakers and great motivators. And it's going to be an inspiring interview this afternoon. And I can't wait. I can't wait to get to him. We're going to be brief in the opening today. I can tell you that right now because we're going to get quickly to him and and we're going to go along there. If we get to the update, so be it. But um, (laughs) if if Harry gets going and um, if you know Harry, you know it. If he gets going and and we've got some gold coming our way, then um, we are going to just we're just going to keep rolling with it. It's going to be great. Now, speaking of who was rolling it yesterday, my man Cam Smith 
Eight under par, 65, out there in Kapalua at the Century Tournament of Champions. He's your leader. He's your first-round leader. He had two eagles, five birdies, and a bogey. I mean, the guy was rolling the rock, something serious. Uh, He passed the second-place people, uh, which was a group of three guys, Daniel Berger, John Rahm, number one in the world, Patrick Cantley. Um, They were all at seven under. Berger had an interesting story that'll come up later in the update when we get to it. We'll get to that at least that story in the update. Um, but Rom hasn't been heard from since the Ryder Cup. Cantley hasn't been heard from. He said these guys have had 102 days off. Or Cantley, I read up. He he had 102 days off. Comes right back seven under par, just um, cruising along, just unbelievable. Um, fifth place, six under. Another group of three: Eric Van Royen, Kevin Na, Sung J M. A lot of people love Sung J M this week. They're six under, sixty-seven. Brooks and Morikawa at five. Uh, Hovland, Deschambeau, Xander, Matsuyama, your Masters champion at four under. Phil minus two. Thanks for being there. And last place of the 38-player field is Patrick Reed and Justin Thomas, which was a bit Ooh, of a surprise. surprise. Yes. And, uh, you know, that was the event last year where he got caught saying something that was um, inappropriate. And uh, since he's DFL right now, I'm, <laughs> I, I would keep the hot mic off him for sure. A uh, couple really cool stories coming out of this thing. You've got Bryson tweeting this morning that uh, he hit. Well, he, so yesterday on one of the measured holes, he hit 200 miles an hour ball speed which really? is like a world-long drive thing, but it's never been approached in a PGA Tour event. Right. So he tweets out this morning, um, that felt easy yesterday. We're going for 200 and more today. <laughs> that was his exit velocity? Yeah. I, well, I mean, it's... <laughs> Velo. Un- so his club head speed is somewhere in the 140-ish range, right? But the ball speed coming off of there, when he's in the long drive competition, he's just swinging for the fences, it's in the 215 range. But to give you an idea, somebody who's long like Rory McIlroy is like 185. Okay. Okay? Yep. Will Dixon, Georgia, my Georgia Tech guy down there in Georgia, 180, 181, long. Okay? Right. 200 miles an hour. <laughs> Ridiculous. Ridiculous. And they had soft conditions there. It was uh, lift clean in place. That's why the scoring seemed to be very good. Uh, looks like the soft conditions are going to continue. Maybe the trade winds aren't doing their job. Um, and, you know, the thing is, is that you look at, and I kind of went over the top, like, eight names there in the in the top five with ties and all and everything. This isn't the type of tournament because it's going to be low scoring where you come from behind. Ten of the last 12 winners, and I put this in Read the Line this week, um, we're in the top five of the tournament the whole time. Right. You know, and uh, 11 in a row were American winners. And right now at the top, you've got Cam Smith, who's Australian. You've got Rom, who is Spanish, uh, the Spaniard there, number one in the world. Sí. And, um, see, sí, yeah. <laughs> so, por favor. And he um, he is right there in position as to uh, play well as 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 well as Mr. Smith from Australia, sure. you know? So um, I mentioned it right there. Read the line. We're back. You did. We're back this week. And uh, we sent the newsletter out. Lots of fun stuff in there. But uh, Cam Smith was one of my outright picks. He's tied for first right now. Uh, the other two, Burns and Leishman, are positioned. Uh, Burns won birdie yesterday at all pars. So I look for him to take it deep today. A couple of the other people, Berger, I in the top 10. Guy finished second. You got to love that. Uh, we did a little putting tip. A little video came out okay, this morning. Nice. I put that on social media real quick. 60-second shot. Uh, a little article on how to putt better. These are huge greens out there at Kapalua. The, you got to take care of business there. And we put some matchups out there. So these guys are playing in Hawaii. So I mentioned this this afternoon here really quick at 3 o'clock. You may be able to get on and get a couple of these matchups. I've got Cam Davis over Stuart Sink, Sam Burns over Max Homa, and Cam Smith over Daniel Berger. The one-two guys for sure. Now, 
Speaking of a one-two punch, nobody's better than our friends at the New Jersey Golf Foundation when it comes to helping golfers in the state of New Jersey. It's the charitable arm of the New Jersey PGA section, and they're committed to positively impacting lives and communities through the game of golf. Led by PGA professionals, programming for youth, military veterans, and individuals with special needs provides the opportunity to experience the game in a welcoming environment. To support the New Jersey Golf Foundation or learn more about programs and special events, visit njgolffoundation.org or call 732 735-1212. Four six five one two one two. Ooh, I know what that tune means. We're just shy of a quarter past three here in New York. Thanks for listening to ESPN nine twenty. Be back in a moment with Harry Arnett from Municipal. Can't wait for this. Keyshawn Johnson, Jay Williams, and Zubin Mahente. All NFL players get paid a lot. You're Keith, not going to get paid more than me, though, because I'm the guy when Keith, it comes Keith, to clearing it out. Y'all take care of me. Spoken like a true wide receiver. Way to go, Roscoe <laughs> well, Jenkins, team Bar, of me. Bar, his name is first on the show, so we get it. You know, we get it. Me, Sean, as they like to call me, for those that don't know me. But anyway. Sean, J. Will, and Zubin. Weekday mornings at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio or streaming live on the ESPN app. The New Jersey Golf Foundation. The charitable arm of the New Jersey PGA section is committed to positively impacting lives and communities through the game of golf. With a focus on three core pillars, youth, military, and special needs, the NJGF delivers dynamic programming led by PGA professionals. So individuals from all backgrounds can experience the game of golf in a welcoming environment. An exciting new development is coming soon as the Inspiration Golf Range on the campus of the Lions VA Medical Center in Somerset County will serve as a new golf training facility for Special Olympics New Jersey, as well as the new home site for the PGA Hope, a rehabilitative golf program for veterans. To support the New Jersey Golf Foundation or learn more about programs and special events, please visit NewJerseyGolfFoundation.org or call 732-465-1212. That's NewJerseyGolfFoundation.org or 732-465-1212. Time to get back on course as the pro show continues. Great show and great questions. Once again, Keith Stewart. It's the pro show and I'm your host, Keith Stewart. This is ESPN 920. Soon as you're born, they make you feel small. We're not wasting any time getting to this great guest. He's a positive person who believes in values and vulnerability. CEO of the brand Municipal, Harry Arnett is a brilliant businessman with an uncanny, approachable nature. I can't wait for this conversation. Let's see what this working class hero has in store for us. A working class hero is something to be. Good afternoon there, Harry Arnett. How are you? This is the Pro Show. Welcome, my friend. Thanks for having me, Keith. I really appreciate it. Well, a little little welcome entrance there for you. A um, little Green Day cover of John Lennon. How'd you like that, my friend? I was going to say, you know, you got, me, uh, you got me choked up right out of the gate. It's awesome. Well, it's the start of a new year, and it's an emotional time. I know you're an emotional guy, so let me ask you this real quick. What are you most excited for in 2022? You know, I, I think that I'm always wired to think about growth and um, business uh, relationships, family, uh, personal growth. 2021, I think for everybody, was sort of a beatdown. And um, I think that over the last couple of years, honestly, we've all relied more on survival skills than we have on growth skills. So I'm really excited about getting back to um, 
to having uh, excitement and, and a clear vision about about becoming a better person and and building a, a better life for myself and the people around me um, going forward, rather than just kind of putting my my uh, arms over my head and ducking for cover. You know what I mean? I absolutely know what you mean, and it it kind of provides a nice transition for what I want to ask you next, which is, you know, when you left Callaway, you were quoted as saying that it was, you know, time to go pursue your dreams, that that was something that you wanted to kind of expand your horizons. And now I love what you do being the CEO of Municipal, but for my fans and my listeners, could you tell us a little bit about Municipal and your new brand? Yeah, you know, I, I thought for a long time, um, I'm just wired to think about change and I'm wired to think about progress and innovation and some friends of mine and I were always talking about where we thought opportunities were, where we thought things um, were headed in all of our passions and pursuits. And specifically when we were thinking about, uh, about the, the apparel and gear space, um, we were really thinking that there was an opportunity for something out there that really didn't exist. And, in essence, what we wanted to create was something that uh, could fuse comfort style and performance for everything that we did, that we thought that the things that we were wearing and using and relying upon had gotten so specific. Um, and golf is a part of that, too, because the, our golf attire, we felt like we would wear on the golf course. But as soon as we, we walked off the golf course, um, we felt a little bit silly about about how that product was made, how it looked, um, what it was meant to do. And we really were wondering why nobody had ever come up with a solution or a brand that could be the best of everything that you wear 99% of the time for in the gym, out of the gym, working out, health and wellness, around and about town. And, uh, and moreover, we thought, that there really was an opportunity for a brand to speak to people at a, at a one-to-one level to help people inspire people to um, never let anything get in their way of, of having their best life. And that's in essence what municipal is. It's, it's, it's the inevitable collision of, of street style um, performance, innovation and performance from athletic wear and the versatility and comfort you get from athleisure. So we really feel like it's, it's a brand that you'll, you'll see when you go to our website and you wear our products, you'll feel like this brand has been around forever because it's so apparent that um, the things that we made are really needed. You know, as a PGA professional, I've always known you as a solution guy. And folks, if you're wondering who that guy is or that voice is, his name is Harry Arnett. He's the CEO of the brand Municipal. And this has been an inevitable collision for a long time, me and you, because I'm an innovator in the golf space. I mean, there's not a lot of PGA pros that are on the radio on Friday here in New York City. And as a result, I want to start to talk about some of the ways that you have innovated in your career. And I want to start right there with Municipal because you were with TaylorMade. Everybody knows who TaylorMade is. Same with Callaway. And now you started a new brand. So you always worked with established brands. What was it like now creating a new value system and, 
you know, kind of um, structure and architecture for something that was, it seemed like a great idea, but you had to build it. Uh, it, it's, it was, it's, it's been the most fun and rewarding thing I've ever done professionally and the hardest thing I've ever done professionally and personally, because at established places, big places, especially in golf, you're talking about uh, two of the three biggest golf companies. You have natural inertia and natural momentum, good or bad. But within the golf space, the two brands you're talking about, people listening to your show all know those brands. You have 100% uh, brand awareness. So the, the, the work that needs to be done is significantly different than starting something from nothing. I mean, literally, the day I left Callaway um, in 2019, the next day, I had to go find an office space and had to find uh, a table for people to sit at and had to find, uh, okay, where are we going to get, where are we going to source um, notepads for people to write on and computers for people to use? So really down to the basics. Um, which excited me, it honestly excited me to, um, to really challenge myself to start from the very foundational core of what matters to me and build from there from scratch. And I think that the, the, the biggest challenge has been patience and trust in a, a really dynamic, uh, t turbulent time you know, nobody, nobody told us in 2019 that there was a, a pandemic coming. So in, you know, in business, in business parlance, um, I've never had to deal with what people call, people call that tail risk, which is stuff that you never would expect could happen because there's such a small percentage that could ever happen. But if it happened, it is an existential threat to not just your company, but obviously lives everywhere. And so starting municipal right in the middle of that, plus it was, um, you know, being a startup was, has been, ex the challenging isn't even the right word. I, I, I don't even really have a word for it, but I'm sure everyone can relate to what we've all gone through the last couple of years. Plus leaving the security of, of a job to start something new has been, uh, has been both rewarding and, and I, I've got some battle wounds. I've got some battle wounds, Keith. But, you know, I'm going to knock on wood because I still have my health and my family still has my health. And I know a lot of people aren't able to say that. And I'm grateful we're still here and I'm grateful that we're thriving. Well, you know what, Harry, let's keep heading in that direction, because as you were building the company through a pandemic, you know, and, and I've written this and I say this all the time. There's no better reward in life than collective achievement which means that you have to be part of a team to do something. And then you all receive that accomplishment or you reach that goal or that dream together. But you said it yourself. You had to build momentum. You had to buy a table. You had to find the people to sit around the table. How do you build a team? Because as a successful businessman, that's something to me. And then, you know, with all the great resignation that's going on, a lot of people think about how to put together their own teams and build trust and do those things. So when Harry Arnett's looking to go get people and network, how do you do it? Well, I, I like to look for a diversity of background. Um, and that was a challenge, honestly, for coming out of, out of golf because 
my my net my personal network really was was very much connected to people that had worked and innovated and and uh, had created change within the golf the golf category. But I, I always looked for diversity of background, um, diversity of opinions, and and people that have really strong viewpoints. But even though there's a lot of of difference among the team, the teams that I've built, um, especially here at Municipal, that we all share the same values. So you can you and so what that what that means, Keith, is you can debate issues, you can bring up problems, you can have widely different perspectives on the direction to go uh, before you you know as a leader before you you um, before you slap the gavel down and say here's where we're going but you all have to share the same values and if you can do that then everybody ends up on the same page and everybody on the team wants the other person on the team to win so you you eliminate all of the BS and the politics that can exist as uh, as any organization starts to grow. Um, I used to work for a person that said, "Hey, any company that's more, bigger than one person has politics." So, but if you all are kind of sharing your your worldview um, and how you're wired, then it's shared values, if you will. Then um, then it makes it makes work a pleasure. You never really feel like you're you're going into work, and that's. That's what excited me. One of the most exciting things to me about building something from scratch was when you get to when you get to do that, you get to you get to pick the people you work with. And, um, you know, we have a mantra around here is do work you love with people you love. And that's certainly been the case here. And it it, and it really made it uh, um, necessary to have that to to navigate the, the choppiness and the you know, all the headwinds that we've had starting this company, moving into moving into what we thought was out of and now sort of back into a pandemic. Yeah, you know, it's a challenging time, there's no doubt. But as we're telling this story here today, so we build momentum with the brand. We put the right people together. And the number one trait is unstoppableness. And that's what I've read, right? So you've created this brand that's unstoppable, right? And yeah. now we have a pandemic. So this is going to test your self-belief. And when the going gets tough, you better know what you care about. Now, I know you know who said that because it was you, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. When all of this hit, how important was self-belief to getting through all of this? Because as it seems right now, we're going in and out and there's things like, you know, the PGA show. Will that happen? Or how will golf be changed forever? Just looking at my little microcosm world or maybe the, the world is a bigger place in the macro view. Right. A lot of people are questioning their self-belief. How can you charge up my listeners on a Friday afternoon at the start of a year? How important was your self-belief during the pandemic as you tried to remain unstoppable? It's it's the the only thing that. I could rely on Keith and I, it's the only thing our team could rely on is um, and now look a lot of this I'm, I'm saying through hindsight but what I really learned on on the job training was 90% of success is staying in the battle honestly is is um, finding a way to keep moving forward and to not get stuck are paralyzed by by fear and i just kept reminding myself with 
my team and, and my business partners that we have a vision that we, we feel like we're committed to for this company. We're committed to each other. We're certainly committed to, to the people that will buy our products. And as long as we stay in it, stay in it and keep moving, then at some point the, the, the horizon will become a lot more clear to us. And, um, I don't even mean that metaphorically. I mean, literally, we will know with every day that we stay in the struggle, we will have a lot more clarity about what tomorrow, next week, next month brings to us. And I think the the thing that it really forced us to do, and you sort of touched upon that um, when you asked the question, it really forced us to simplify what was important to us and what wasn't important to us. And I'll make that really concrete in a business sense, and this will be obvious to everyone, but what was most important to us in a startup mode when we were going through a pandemic? Cash. Literally, we have to preserve cash. Anything that doesn't have an impact on our ability to make it to tomorrow, any long-term, any future investment that we were thinking about, let's table that because my goal as the CEO was, I don't want to lay anyone off and I want to be able to make payroll and I want to be able to launch this company in 2020. And that's what we did. Um, so we, we just keeping things extra simple helped us move forward. And, you know, you can kind of think about that in a, in a golf sense, you can kind of think of that in um, in a workout sense. But I know as a as a avid, passionate golfer, when when things start going sideways on the golf course, Keith, the best thing it, I always found that can do is to just try to simplify it. Let me get a golf club in my hand that I feel like I can find the center of the club face. <laughs> And sometimes that means I'm going to be hitting a hybrid off the tee on a par five, but getting it, getting, getting it to a place where you feel like you can move forward safely, securely and confidently. And then you kind of build from there. And that's exactly, that's exactly what we did a couple of years ago. Um, almost a couple of years ago when, when, when the hit the fan. Hey there, Harry Arnett. Thanks for reminding me that we're on uh, live radio there. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Make sure my that, that's okay. Make sure my producer's paying attention. I appreciate you sharing all of that with us because at the end of the day, that's the type of conversation that I wanted to get into. I want to start to create some clarity for all of us. And folks, if you're wondering for clarity's purposes, who we're talking to, it's Harry Arnett. He's the CEO of Municipal. And he's been a longtime leader in the golf space, and that's how I got to know him. Now, if anybody knows anything about sponsorship, it's Harry. I've got to jump to a quick commercial here, my friend. Will you hold on for a second? We'll be back in a minute. Yeah, for sure. All right, up next more with the mastermind behind Municipal, Harry Arnett. Thanks for listening to ESPN 920. Greenberg is Greeny. Chris Paul is one of those guys whose numbers, if you look at them, are so good that they almost seem made up. But, you know, he was never on the best team all those years in New Orleans, wasn't able to go to the Lakers, winds up on the Clippers. Then they fell short. 
But now here he is, the veteran presence on this otherwise very young Phoenix team. It would mean everything to his legacy. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, weekday mornings at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and watch exclusively on ESPN+. Plus. You got a great voice for radio. Time to get back on course. Face for radio. I, I, I get a lot of that too. As the pro show continues, once again, Keith Stewart. It's the Pro Show, and I'm Keith Stewart. Welcome back to our conversation with Harry Arnett. You know you're listening to New Jersey's ESPN 920. Today's guest is giving us all some good vibrations, so I thought we would give him some back. We've all come a long way in life, and as this song proves, some more than others. All right, Harry, this is how we do it on a Friday afternoon. You having some fun yet? Oh, I'm dancing. Oh, man, I love it. I love it. As am I. As am I. Hey, Wade, let's dance some more. Hit it. Come on, come on. Feel it, feel it. Feel the vibration. All right, now, this show, Harry, there's a little connection between you and I. You don't know it, but I'm about to divulge it for you, okay? This show is all about fun, and it's all about telling a new story in golf, right? But I bet what you don't know is that there was a guy who worked for Callaway that put together a little thing called Callaway Live back in 2015. And that, amongst one or two very other small things, was an inspiration for me to take my voice to the radio and to try to find a bigger platform. So I'll never be able to thank you enough for providing inspiration in a world that's full of blue blazers and ivory towers. You know, so, I mean, that's that's really it. what it comes down to. So, I, you know, it, it it's taken some time for us to connect, but I'm so happy that we have because in a world that's full of tradition, you were a true innovator. And that's the next question I want to ask you. You worked for two major golf institutions. We talked about it. We alluded to it earlier before the break. Right. How are you able to be such a successful innovator in this traditional golf industry? I, I always I always think of myself as an outsider. So um, and I always uh, I always think of the, the the customer and the consumer first every every time. And in both of those both of the places that I've, I was fortunate to work with, a couple things. I worked for the the two best CEOs in golf in Mark King at at. Uh, at TaylorMade and, and Chip Brewer at Callaway. And um, so I think that I was fortunate that I worked for people that recognized having having a voice and having impact, thinking like an outsider was something that was important for both of those companies at that time. And the when I got to TaylorMade, for example, I did not come from the golf industry. And as a matter of fact, the way that uh, that the industry and you kind of mentioned it with blue blazers and whatnot, you know, tongue in cheek is the the industry. And I put that in capital letters, the industry golf looked at the sport in a very narrow um, in a very narrow way, in a very specific way. And, the, you know, being an authentic golfer, authentic to the sport had a, an extremely narrow definition and. It didn't really fit me. I was somebody that didn't really have access to the game as a kid and didn't grow up in a country club at all. Um, and I always looked at 
the game sort of on the other side of the fence. I was the one jumping up trying to see what uh, what what it looked like on the inside. And um, so I, I always uh, I always related to to the people that had couldn't figure out how to have access to the game. And um, and that happened at a, at a time where I think the industry was going through some really dynamic changes where it was going from a very much a relationship sales driven industry salesperson selling to golf pro to one that was more defined by innovation and storytelling. And that, that, that was right up my alley. Um, fast forward to Callaway and now you kind of put it into overdrive that it was, the, the industry and our culture was changing so dramatically, this is 10 years ago, where it was a lot easier for people to be in control of their own brand experience as well as their own um, way that they curate their information and learning about things that we, we saw that as a real opportunity for us to change the way that people interact and learn about golf, learn about equipment, and certainly at a Callaway level, learn about us, that we could tell our story on why we felt like we were the best, most innovative golf company uh, on the planet. And, um, and so, you know, all of that started with thinking about the, the, the consumer and what, what would the consumer really want? Um, I watched the show, Keith, that was uh, the rescue. I, and if anybody has seen that or hasn't seen it, you should watch it. It's about the, the soccer team in Thailand getting, um, getting rescued out of the cave. Do you remember that from a couple years ago? I do. Yes. But and, I haven't uh, seen the show, but I, I do remember the story. Oh, you got to see the show anyway. So there's, they're going to rescue it. And the United States had sent in uh, air force, like special forces, air force guys. These are just like the total, uh, like amazing guys and one of the guys they don't have they're stuck and the guy one of the guys he's the air force special special forces um says well what would impossible look like so start from the end you know start from the end what is what does it look like if this is callaway related what does it look like if we could create our version of a way that if like ESPN had a golf company, how would they, how would they create a, a, a system to talk about it? Well, they wouldn't make print ads and, and TV commercials. They would create content experiences around the things that they were doing. And, um, and that's exactly what we did. So in this, you know, going back, I think, I think the things we did, and I'm, I'm really, Excited to hear you you say that it changed your perspective too. I think the things that we did were incredibly positive for the game, and I think that it it probably ignited the the thinking about how people considered their golf experience to be a lot broader than just playing eighteen holes. And I and I think that's where we are right now in this industry. Um, for people that love the game, I think it's the most exciting time that I can remember, even going back to 96 when Tiger turned pro. This is the most exciting time in our game. And I just, I'm just 
hoping that the the institutions and and you guys know who we're talking about i hope the institutions don't fumble this opportunity well you know what they're all thinking about it um you could tell i mean i'm a pga member so i know the pga of america is thinking about it it's there's a lot going on but to kind of go back for a moment of clarity there harry I, I wouldn't say that you changed my perspective. What you really did was you enhanced it. You allowed me yeah. to, to, to really kind of find my, my personal level of self-belief. Because by doing things, by bringing like Ryan Sheckler, the skateboarder on Callaway Live, was something that, I mean, one of my all-time heroes is Tony Hawk. But I was a PGA pro. Right. And when you start to combine those worlds, you know, the one thing the golf world never does is collab. And I see you do it all the time. So to me, that just invigorated me. And I, you know, I mean, I'm just a kid from Edison, New Jersey, you know, that turned out to be a PGA <laughs> pro. But, you know, you, you reached a broader spectrum of person than I think that you're, you know, maybe at sometimes you give yourself credit for, you know, I mean, you've built this community in golf and now you're building this community with municipal. And I think the common thread between all of that is that you make things very comfortable for people. And I'm not just talking about hoodies and boxer shorts and stuff yeah. like that. I'm talking about just your your personal aura. You know what I mean? Your level of I, yeah. I said it in one of the intros, you know, you're a really approachable guy. And that's why I wanted to have you come on today and share some of your wisdom with my listeners. Right. So I have to ask a golf question at one point. So here it comes. How do we make golf more comfortable? OK, so that's getting back to what we were just talking about. And you'd mentioned Ryan Sheckler and Callaway Live. For people that don't know, we, we did a live show at Callaway. It was supposed to be, it was supposed to have the vibe of if Callaway had a version of the Tonight Show, what would it be? And we wanted to show that the game, golf, is a lot broader than PGA professionals, um, tour players, or private club members in, with shirts tucked in and start shirts and remove your hat, sir. Um, we wanted to show that that the game was a lot broader than that. And it is because of how broad it is and how accessible it can be and how democratic it is. I don't mean democratic in the political sense. I mean democratic in the accessible part. That it's really the only game that connects the all of the the levels of society together um, in a, in a playing, uh, recreational experience. And that was my experience in golf. Keith is it gave me this, this person with no access that came from really, you know, a, a pretty ordinary upbringing, um, you know, uh, demographically in Atlanta, Georgia, it gave me the opportunity to meet people. I never thought I would ever get to meet. And, I think that how we make golf comfortable is to embrace and accept that golf is more than an 18-hole experience at a traditional um, golf course. And by the way, 18 holes on a traditional golf course is my favorite thing to do in golf. I Invite me to play golf at your – awesome private facility and i'm gonna i'm gonna remove my hat and i'm gonna that's my favorite way to play it but the innovation and the the vectors in the game that are going to grow the game are the things that built around that nucleus 
so that whether it's top golf or five iron golf or simulator golf or betting, gambling, gaming, those are the things that are going to uh, ultimately give a comfortable access point to more people that would see 18 hole golf at a, uh, at a golf facility, you know, public or private as being something that's either intimidating or, or they have no interest in. And specifically it's a hard bargain for young people to wrap their head around. Wait a minute. I'm going to, it's five or six hours. And, um, I gotta, I gotta take my, my shoes off in a locker room. And, you know, I'm thinking of like the most, the most uh, inaccessible vision of golf. And that's, that's been the brand of golf for years and years and years and years. And every time the game, the game in, in capital G tries to make it more accessible, the, the, the exclusivity, the exclusive underpinnings of the game retract it back to keep people out. And that's, that's what's happened in the last couple of years with the pandemic um, ironically that has opened the game up and people's thinking is, is it's brought a lot more broader uh, access and, 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 uh, and enticing. It's more enticing to people to get in for things like health and wellness, things like community, things like um, uh, recreation. And the more that we can attach the game to those values instead of luxury, instead of exclusivity, instead of um, that, then we will make the game more comfortable and and it's and the growth opportunities are exponential. Ladies and gentlemen, that's Harry Arnett right there in a nutshell. All right. I hope you were listening and I hope you were two allied leaders of the golf world. You know, and I, and I think we're at a very, a very important pivot moment in all of this, Harry. And I love the way that you put all of that before we get into something really fun, because, you know, I like my own version of the Tonight Show as we close out each interview. But how can we all learn more about Municipal? Hit me up with a quick promo here. Oh, that's easy. Go to municipal.com. We're municipal on Instagram. You can find us on social. Um, one of our partners, one of the founders is Mark Wahlberg. So if you follow him on social, he's, he's always talking about what we're up to also. So it's, it's pretty easy to find us these days. All right. Now, one of the things that we love to do here on the show is have fun. The whole show is based upon fun. You know, when I was a head golf professional at Springdale golf club for 12 years, my title was the director of fun. I was not a director of golf or a head pro or anything. I, I was, it was a self-imposed title, but I lived with that yeah. philosophy every day. And it transfers over to all of my work now. And we have a little tradition here on the show there, Mr. Harry Arnett. We'd like to do a little rapid-fire Q&A with our guests because I like to dig in and find out a little bit more of the intimate side of those that come on the show and inspire us. So you up for this? Oh, yeah, let's go. All right, here we go. We'll see how you do. Favorite all-time Atlanta Brave. Dale Murphy. Name a fellow CEO you would love to have lunch with. Um, I happen to know him, and it's uh, it's David Novak. Oh, good one. His podcast is awesome. He's great. Yeah, it's great. Awesome. Best book you read last year? It was a bad. It was a bad uh, reading year for me, but um, I got really into back into the Beatles, 
from the Get Back documentary, and I read a, a documentary about John Lennon. Uh, I read a book about John Lennon. That's a book I read all year. You know, one of my best memories, yet worst memories as a kid, was that unfortunately John Lennon left us on on my on my uh, seventh birthday. You know. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. I'll never forget that. I came downstairs. December, what is that? December ninth or so? December eighth. December eighth, nineteen eighty. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's a bummer. You know, uh, I'm glad we could share a little bit of his music with our fans today. All right. On a scale of one to 10, rate your driving ability. Just driving off the tee or driving in a car. Driving in a car uh, is a 10 out of 10. Never had a traffic ticket in my life. I'm 51 years old. Let me knock on the knock on wood there. <laughs> and uh, driving off the tee, it's a, it's it's really the strength of my game. So I'm uh, well, I hit like. 65% or 70% of the fairway, so that'd be 7 out of 10, right? That's like tour caliber. I'd go with two 10s there, for sure. <laughs> a little a, more ball speed off the tour, so there's probably a little more variability they have to deal with. Well, it, you know, just ask Bryce, and, you know, the, the, the world is his fairway. Anyway. It's, I know. When it, when it went to power away from accuracy, the game kind of left me. So I'm, uh, I'm accurate, not long. As a successful person, name something you do every day. Um, I do, I, I, and David taught me this. I just mentioned David Novak every morning. I think of three things that I'm grateful for. And, you know, it's, uh, someone told me this years ago. I remember guests actually, um, speaking of golf, um, told me that it is impossible to feel gratitude and stress at the same time. So the more you can feel gra- grateful for something, anything, anything, Keith, I'm grateful that I had a nice cup of coffee this morning. It's impossible to be stressed at the same time. <laughs> Your favorite Mark Wahlberg movie? <laughs> uh, I mean, how can how can like Ted not be your favorite or uh, Daddy's Home? Those are I just watched those recently, so those are top of mind. But those are great. Um, Boogie Nights. It's probably like the 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 Mount Rushmore of Mark's movies. The name scene in in Ted is unbelievable. It's just it's you it's know so good. I was at Mark's house uh, over the holidays and um, I asked him how many of those names can you remember and he said you got to if you give me the first two I bet you I can do every single one of them and uh, so I looked it up on YouTube and gave him the first two and he rattled off like. 15 of them. It was amazing. I'm going to keep those in my holster if I ever run into him. I'm just going to have those names yeah, pull in my it up head. and just give him the first two. It's really funny. Oh, man. All right. Name someone who motivates you. Oh, someone who motivates me. You know, I have worked for the last 20 years to try to be my own voice for motivation. Um, and uh, so I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to say my internal voice is probably the most important but um i think that uh that i would have to think about who who on the outside motivates me um well we just mentioned mark mark is mark is phenomenal in that aspect because here's a guy that literally has everything that you could truly living his best life having his best life and he always is looking forward what's next what's next that's Actually, something he says every time that we meet um, as a team and as the as our founders is, "What are we doing next? What are we doing?" And uh, that's that's motivating. 
Do you have any phobias? I uh, don't like heights at all. Do you? Or does that bother you at all? Oh, I don't do heights at all. Kids, no way. My kids make fun of me for this. Yeah, heights is probably the the number one thing for me. And, and at, at some point, I need to conquer that fear. But um, yeah, any any time I'm I'm high up in a building looking out a window or something, I get uh, I get my knees start knocking. Would you rather win an Oscar or a Grammy? I'm going to go Grammy. I'm going to go Grammy. How about you? How about you? What's your answer to that one? Oh, Oscar. I can't sing worth a lick. Really? Oh, yeah. But I, <laughs> but I tell you, if you take me back to like 1977 and you could transplant me with Harrison Ford, boy, I tell you, that'd be one hell of a story. That'd be one hell of a life oh, right there for sure. Oh, yeah. All right. One more for you. What trait most defines who you are? Perseverance. And... Um, you know, if if I was going back to phobia, you know what a real phobia is? Uh, a, a hanging lie, a hanging tight lie, and I've got a 60-degree wedge in my hand because all I see is hosel. And, uh, but, you know, I'm going to take the club back and I'm going to hit it, and it may go off the hosel, but I'm going to go find it and hit it again. So I, I'm going to have to say perseverance. I love that one. And you know what else I love? That tomorrow morning I'm going to wake up, Harry Arnett, and I'm going to start three things I'm grateful for. And I know what they are tomorrow. It's going to be my own health, my family, and the fact that I got to talk to you today. I can't thank you enough for coming on the pro that. show. I appreciate that, Keith. And when you do that, it's so simple. You will not feel any stress at all. You know what? I believe you with all my heart. And folks, <laughs> was one thing else I know. We're fast approaching 4 p.m. Thanks for listening to ESPN 920. We're coming back to wrap up today's show really quickly. Kellerman show. You know, there was no one there like, hey, where's that guy we just hired? He just stopped showing up suddenly 15 years ago. So he got away with it. 650 G's. And now he's being sued. I don't know. I, you can't just not show up for work. But, but if he's not, like, doing anything fraudulent and they're just sending him the checks, I mean, why wouldn't he just deposit it in his account? The Max Kellerman Show. Weekdays at 2 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Watch exclusively on ESPN+. Plus. Join the thousands of golfers who already call Stick and Hack their home for the best golf stories, original podcasts, special events, member perks, and an active community of golfers across North America. Up until now, the golf media landscape lived somewhere between straight PGA coverage or idiots wrecking golf carts. We take a different approach by celebrating all sides of golf, life, and all the ways this amazing game connects Sticks and Hacks every day. Your free membership entitles you to discounts from major brands all over the country while connecting you with like-minded golfers for discussion, tips, or even a round of golf. So head to stickandhack.com and enjoy the world's greatest golf club without the course. I adopted Bento in 2010 from a shelter. This cat makes me make art. He's always motivating me to draw pictures of him. He just is motivating artistically. He's my best friend, but a lot of people know him as Keyboard Cat. Keyboard Cat, YouTube star and shelter pet. Visit theshelterpetproject.org to find a pet near you. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States and the Ad Council. Get ready for the back nine. As the pro show continues, once again, the director of fun, Keith Stewart. Welcome back to the Pro Show on ESPN 920. I'm your host, Keith Stewart. Thank you for listening on this Friday afternoon. 
I know I took the path that you would never want for me. I know I let you down tonight. Well, I won't let you down tonight. I will post this podcast up on all the platforms, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. And you know what? Speaking of platforms, get to readtheline.com. Subscribe, read, and win. You know what else you can win with? 920ESPNNewJersey.com. Just hit that Listen Now button. Now, you know what, Wade? I bet that's one of the best interviews we've done in the last five years. It was great. Awesome. Three things. Doing it tomorrow. I bet my life on it. Go for it. So Oh, yeah, baby. It's Friday afternoon. We're in the home stretch here. Got to go quick. So let's jump to our friends from TaylorMade. They got some new things going on there. A lot of things are cooking in the old TaylorMade innovation oven, my friend. And over the past 40 years, golfers have inspired TaylorMade to make a lot of great drivers. But as we know, all eventually reach their limit. TaylorMade has been hard at work making the next generation of drivers because where titanium ends, carbon begins. 20 years in the making, the carbon wood age is here. Head on over to TaylorMadeGolf.com to learn more about how the all-new Stealth Drivers 60-layer carbon face will give you better energy transfer for more ball speed. And it's only from TaylorMade. Sir, we seem to have lost your luggage. Well, when Victor Hovland made his Century Tournament of Champions debut a year ago, he was in no rush getting to Kapalua after the holiday break. But the lack of preparation proved costly for Hovland. So this year, with another win, he worked his way back to, to Kapalua. Where's Kapalua bit, at? In um, Hawaii. Oh, okay. Aloha and welcome. I can't believe I just fell for that. Well... Well, this year, Hovland, who is riding a two-start winning streak, made sure to arrive early in Maui, flying in last Wednesday. Unfortunately for Hovland, his golf clubs didn't arrive until this Wednesday. Hovland posted on his Instagram stories Monday night that his clubs had still not made their way to Hawaii and remained stuck in I Seattle. I to do with my money. He posted, get your S together, Delta. You suck. Yeah, it was a little worse than that. All right. Well, guess what? On Wednesday, they did show up and he posted something else on Instagram. No, just kidding. You suck. I'm not surprised because you know what? The driver was broken. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, well, it, the, what it comes down to is that, you know, he won Mayakoba with a broken, you know, with, with a new driver anyway. Sure, so exactly. Get your money on him, probably. Right. Hovland said, I can't say I'm surprised. He's now ranked seventh in the world after victories at the Hero World Challenge and the Mayakoba Classic, which we just referenced. And he can climb to third in the world with a win this week. Now, we all know about that win in Mexico with the broken driver. But in a related story, seems as if uh, us normal travelers aren't the only ones that have problems with their luggage. Daniel Berger, who's tied for second, and I mentioned this in the opening segment, he also did not get his clubs for a couple days. And he was spotted in the golf pro shop buying clothes because he didn't have any clothes for three or four days. Unbelievable. <laughs> And that's your Pro Show update for the week ending January 7th, 2022. I wasn't kidding when I said we were going to talk to Harry today. You know, and you know who loves that? Our sponsors, like TaylorMade Golf and the New Jersey Golf Foundation. Now, next week, we have someone coming back to the Pro Show from many years ago. LPGA Commissioner Molly Marcuse-Saman is going to join us. She was once the AD at Princeton. She is now the commissioner of all of women's golf. So be prepared for her there, producer extraordinaire, Mr. Wade Weezer. And of course, my listeners, make sure you tune in. Now, before I go, I'm going to leave you all with one brief thought about innovation.
The best ideas are a combination of creativity and commonality. Improve on something we already know, and you're going to be successful. I'm your host, Keith Stewart. Happy New Year. And this is The Pro Show. Thanks for joining us for today's show. The Pro Show with Keith Stewart returns to the T next Friday at 3 on ESPN 920.